0: So let's uh, get into what we're going to talk about uh, together. So first thing, uh, why are we here? Well, we're here for a number of reasons this evening. Uh, as I've mentioned already, we want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to be doing in terms of um, serving on a Sunday morning. In particular, I know, by the way, there are lots of other ways that we're serving, but because we're thinking about that particularly this morning, that's uh, This morning. This evening I want to say thank you to you uh, for that, so we'll do that in a moment. We want to look at moving from good to great, so uh, we think that where we've got to on a Sunday morning is a pretty good place, and uh, we've moved forward significantly in the last few years, and, and it's good, and, and what we're doing is good, but we really want to kind of take it to the next level in terms of what we're doing and the impact we can have for God. We're going to look at our desire to be a church for unchurched people, we're going to remind ourselves about that and what that means, and then we're going to talk about setting expectations for what each Sunday serving role involves and how in it we can pursue excellence. So um, I was challenged quite recently by uh, a book, I, I've been reading quite a number of book on, books on sports leadership and I'm really intrigued by the link between sports leadership and church leadership and it's for another day but I think there are some quite significant links actually uh, between the two but I was reading a book and, uh, uh, by an American football coach actually called Bill Walsh. Uh, from the San Francisco 49ers, which may not be of any interest to you whatsoever. But one of the things he was uh, quite keen on was setting expectations for everybody in the team and everybody in the organisation, not just the players. Uh, And uh, I was really challenged by that, that actually I'm not sure how well I've been doing that, how well we've been doing that actually as an organisation, in terms of setting expectations. So I've just done some work quite recently with our staff team, and I did a whole thing for them where I made them uh, sit for a, a couple of hours and I talked to them about what I think we should expect of staff uh, members here at EBC in terms of all sorts of different things, from competence to attitudes to the way we approach our work to our godliness, our spirituality, and all of those kind of things, and kind of laid that on the line uh, with them. And so I I want to do that um, across as many different parts of the church as I possibly can. And uh, I'm aware that uh, in being very clear about expectations, sometimes it might seem a bit over the top, because we're going to get quite detailed about it, and I'm aware that that might feel a bit over the top, but actually I think it's really important, and I really hope That it helps because if I were in your shoes and I were volunteering uh, at a local church, I would want to know first of all that what I'm doing is valuable and meaningful, secondly, I would want to know what it is I'm supposed to be doing, and the third thing I'd want to know is if by doing what I'm supposed to be doing in a really good way, what would that uh, mean? What would success look like? What does it look like if I do my volunteer job in a good way. What is success? And so that's what we're going to try and talk a little bit about this evening. So I hope it's not over the top. I hope it's genuinely uh, helpful to uh, talk about, well, this is what we expect from these different uh, roles. If I say stuff tonight that might be uh, something, you might be in one of these roles and I might say, you know, when we're doing X, Y and Z, uh, let's do it like this and let's not do that. I'm not picking on anybody. I have nobody in mind when I say that. If I do mention something that you might have been doing, I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I really haven't got, like, individual people in mind that I'm wanting to pick on. Okay, so if I say something inadvertently that is perhaps something you've been doing for the last five years when you've been doing this job and I say, let's really not do that, I'm really not having a go at you. Okay, so I just wanted to make that absolutely clear So let's start by saying thank you. Well, I think one of the best ways to say thank you is to look back at at sort of the journey we've been on and how uh, you, if you've been serving in these roles, have contributed to that. So when we're talking about Sunday mornings in particular, uh, in 2009 we kind of merged all of our congregations back together again and started with this pattern of of two uh, morning services. Um, It wasn't strictly on that time. We did it sort of in a kind of phase way, but essentially it was around about that time that we started doing that. Well, I think... uh, In that time since then, I think we've made some quite significant progress in our content in terms of what the services contain and the way we're delivering it. We've implemented some very big changes going from three different services in three different locations to two in one location. Uh, we've sorted out quite a lot of practical and technical issues uh, across the board, actually, in our different locations. We used to quite often have some quite serious sound issues. You may, if you were here, remember the days of squealing feedback, our fold-back systems and all sorts of stuff. And, and it's very, very rare that we have those issues. So we've made quite a lot of... Uh, progress in that. Somebody was saying to me today they remembered it wasn't very many years ago that we were on curly OHPs and uh, projectors and that kind of stuff. So we've made quite some as you'll see, some quite significant progress across the board in those sorts of areas. We've, we've included greater use of what we call artistic elements. These are just kind of non-musical elements, like clips or medias or whatever that might be. The feedback from our services is genuinely very, uh, generally very positive. Uh, we get very good feedback from them. Uh, the uh, teams that are, are delivering those services have grown uh, and done well, and new people are being involved in our different teams. So the bottom line of all that is to say thank you, because without you and without volunteers like you, uh, these things couldn't happen. We couldn't uh, do these things. We couldn't deliver these things. We couldn't have made the progress that we've made. Go away. So um, thank you for uh, all that you're doing. And I really want to emphasise that uh, when you're serving in these ways, you're not doing it for me Uh, you're not doing it for Eileen Uh, you're you're not really doing it for the staff team you're you're doing it for God and uh, when we serve in whatever capacity it it means that we join together with a whole bunch of other people and we deliver something very significant that God can use to change and transform lives so it's a very important thing that we're doing so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for all that you've been doing and all the ways that you've been serving on a Sunday morning So then I want to to talk a little bit about, well, what is it that we're trying to do? What is it that we think we're trying to do on a Sunday morning? We've done some work on this uh, a year or two ago, actually, with our uh, team of people who are involved in preaching and leading services and leading our music. And we say, well, what is it that we're trying to do on a Sunday morning? Let's try and crystallise it down to a sentence. And so this, albeit a fairly long sentence, is a sentence that describes what it is we are trying to do when we're together on a Sunday morning, And that it says this: "People and then very important thing in brackets, no matter where they are on their spiritual journey. So people, no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, be they unchurched, non-Christians, people have been Christians a while, people are very new Christians. People no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, are engaged. they find the subject helpful. And they are inspired and challenged to change and grow. So if at the end of a Sunday, we have a sense that people have engaged with what's going on, uh, both Christian and non-Christian, people have found the subject helpful and comment on, oh, that was really helpful, that really spoke to me today, that was really useful for me today. If people are inspired and challenged to change and grow. So if at the end of a service we say, yeah, we inspired people, we said, this is what you could do to grow in your relationship with God or to start a relationship with God. If we can say that at the end of a service, then we can say, actually, that's a win for us. We've done what we think God is asking us to do. Uh, We do that sometimes. Uh, Other times we review it and we look back and we say, actually, do you know what, people weren't very engaged uh, this morning for whatever reason. We obviously didn't do that well enough. So that's what we're trying to do when we're together, particularly with the adults, uh, on a Sunday morning. That means that what we're doing needs to be relevant so it needs to kind of scratch where people are itching. We need to give people the opportunity to encounter God. We want the Gospel, we want God, the Bible and what we're talking about to make people feel uncomfortable, not us. Does so that make sense? So, so we don't want people, particularly visitors, I guess, to feel uncomfortable by anything other than what God is doing with them. So we don't want them to feel cold. Uh, we don't want them to uh, feel intimidated. We don't want them to feel they don't know where their kids are supposed to go. We don't want them to feel that they don't know where they're supposed to sit or whether they're supposed to stand up at some point or not at another. We don't want any of that to make them feel uncomfortable. We're quite happy for God to make people feel uncomfortable and for God to challenge people. But... Um, We don't want uh, what we're doing and the way we've set things out to make people feel uncomfortable. We want seekers and unchurched people to be a top priority. Uh, It's still Sunday morning our kind of shop window very often for uh, unchurched people, and we still want them to be a top priority, and uh, we try to uh, bear that in mind. And again, it would be really easy for us to measure whether all this is working well, because the numbers in attendance will be growing, so we'll be able to uh, assess whether that's Uh, uh, working or not. So the key words there are that people, no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, so Christian or not, are engaged, inspired, challenged. Those are the kind of key words that uh, jump out when we're trying to know if we're succeeding on a Sunday morning or not, if God is doing what we want him uh, to be doing. And none of that can happen unless we get the practical stuff right. So uh, it doesn't matter how great the talk is if nobody can hear it, because the sound system's not working properly. It doesn't matter how great the band are, if nobody can join in, because there's no words on the screen. It doesn't matter how good it is in here, if before people have even got in the room, they've been put off. So if somebody has a bad experience because they arrive and they don't know where they're supposed to go or what they're supposed to do, uh, and they don't know what their kids are supposed to do, and, and they, they feel uh, unwelcome from the very first moment they arrive, then it doesn't matter what we do in here, it will be too late. So we can preach the best sermon ever, but if somebody has already been put off before they've even reached the room, then uh, they're not going to be listening and paying full attention. So it, none of this is, is uh, able to happen, Unless all the practical stuff, all the stuff we're doing, all the stuff you're doing, from the welcome to the refreshments, to the media, to the sound, to the chairs, if that's not right, then it doesn't matter how good or not, whatever anything else is that's going on. So it's so, so important. I can't emphasize that enough, how important it is, what we're doing. So that's what we're trying to do on a on a Sunday morning. Uh, and we do that... Well, I think, it's good uh, what we do on a Sunday, and it's certainly moved forward very significantly, I think, in the last few years. But what we're really keen to do is to stretch ourselves, and well, how do we go from something that is good to something that is great, excellent? And, uh, and we believe that excellence is honouring to God. So how do we move from good to great? Well, the environment, the car park, the welcome, the refreshments, the publicity, the building needs to go from good to great. So our environment needs to be great uh, to encourage people and welcome people as they come in, to make them feel good about being in the building. Our technical production needs to be great, so the way we deliver all of our technical things. Our music needs to be great. Our transitions need to be great. This is something we're working on quite a lot. The way we move from one element of a service to another. These are little things, I realise, but actually they make a big difference if there's a good transition, if when the countdown finishes, the person starting the notices is actually ready to go as soon as it finishes. Because you know, there's nothing more uncomfortable, is there, when you're sitting in a congregation, you realise something is supposed to be happening and nobody's actually there and you think, what am I supposed to be doing? So that's all got to, to, to be great. Our talks, our sermons need to be great. So we're doing quite a lot of work with our preachers uh, to train them to, to lift the, the quality of what we're doing. And I want to emphasize, none of it's bad... But we want to go from good to great. And the creative elements we use in the services, those extra artistic elements, the dramas, the medias and so on, need to go from good to great as well. So I want to challenge us across the board to move up to a a new level. And I also want to challenge us to recapture our passion for unchurched people. Uh, So in church life, you know, our passion for unchurched people easily kind of leaks away uh, because uh, the people who are actually around and making the decisions are normally churched people, right? So the people on our leadership team are, rightly so, people from the church, people on our staff team are people from the church, the people who are leading ministries of people from the church. And unless we deliberately keep on remembering to focus on those people who aren't yet a part of our church because they're out there, they need to encounter God, they haven't done so yet, then that so easily kind of leaks away and we continue and we end up building church for ourselves rather than for unchurched people. And, And I'm pretty sure, and I think we're pretty sure as a church, that unchurched people are a priority for God and therefore must be a priority for us. In fact, we have a value statement that says exactly that. Lost people are a priority to God and therefore ought to be a priority, top priority to us. So again, I'm keen across the board, not just on Sunday mornings, but across the board actually, that we continue to focus on unchurched people. And Sunday mornings are still a great shop window for unchurched people to arrive uh, with us or for us to invite, even better, to invite unchurched people to come to. And uh, they do, and we we, we have them, uh, uh, we, we really do. And there are some things that will make it uh, a better environment for an unchurched person to come to, this has really struck home to me recently, as you know I've had this study leave, and so i visited some other churches, and uh, it reminded me how desperately uncomfortable it is to go and visit another church, and I'm a Christian, and I was going to some great churches, I went to Hillsong in London, and you know these kind of churches, but I went on my own, and I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing or where I was supposed to be going, and those churches were great, they had signs everywhere, they had coffee going on everywhere, and it was still a desperately uncomfortable experience. Just because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm supposed to be going, I end up going and sitting down in the in the worship, you know, where the worship is going to be. But I'm 10 minutes before the service starts, and I don't know where to sit. And when I do sit down, I'm on my own, and and I don't know whether people I'm supposed to talk to people. You know, it's all a really difficult experience. And it was a great reminder to me that, and, and I'm a Christian. Uh, and so I'll kind of go with the flow a bit on that well you imagine an unchurched person it's going to be doubly difficult for them so there are some things we need to really think about on a Sunday morning to make it as easy as possible for an unchurched person and remember to, to, for us not to make them feel uncomfortable for God to make them feel uncomfortable so we need to make it easy for them to park we need to have a great and I put in brackets and appropriate welcome Uh, so an unchurched person probably doesn't want a big kiss on the lips when they first walk into the church Okay? they probably don't even want a hug actually so we need to have a great and appropriate welcome we need to make it easy for them to find their way around the building if they've got children we need to make it really easy for them to know where they're supposed to leave their children and when they do leave their children we need to make sure they uh, get very quickly that they're leaving their children in a very safe, fun, fantastic environment for them to leave their children in we need the whole building the whole environment to say we're expecting you you know we're expecting visitors here and you're very welcome uh, we I said we need to leave make them feel good about leaving their kids We need to have easy access seats available for them. So the poor unchurched person who's quite keen to be really quite anonymous doesn't end up having to come down and sit in the front row because all the Christians who are in the church and in the church every week have taken up every other seat in the building. Okay, so we need to do that for them. And we need to have publicity that's informative and easy for them to understand. So no jargon, no words, no assumptions made that people know uh, everything. So this desire to reach unchurched people impacts every. Uh, ...area of church life, Uh, particularly on a Sunday morning. We want them to feel welcomed and engaged in the service, and you may have noticed us start to try and do that more. So when we're doing the welcome these days, we say, you may be here for the first time, and we particularly want to welcome you this morning. You may have heard us in our talks say... Now you may be here for the first time this morning because somebody's dragged you here and you might not be a Christian and that's great, we love it that you're here, we want to be a church just for people like you and this is why what we're about to say this morning is going to be relevant for you and you don't have to believe it but at least at the end you'll know a bit more about what Christians do, think or believe. So we need to engage and welcome and recognise them in the service. We need to help them find the content helpful and accessible. So we're thinking all the time, as service leaders and preachers, how does this uh, speak to an unchurched person? We need to have great refreshments and uh, make it easy for people to meet people socially. Which I'm, I'm not suggesting that we don't, by the way, but we need to make it easy for people to meet. And we need to have easy access next steps. So if I'm an unchurched person and something I just it strikes me on the morning, what do I do next? What's my next step? How can I get more involved in this place? And so in terms of an unchurched person, the bottom line is this. This would be a win for us on a Sunday if an unchurched first-time visitor has such a good experience and find the content so helpful that they come again the following week and they bring a friend. That would be like we've done it, we've done what we're supposed to do, if that happens, that an unchurched person comes, they find it so helpful and the experience such a good one that they can't wait to come back next week and bring a friend with them. Now that would be a win uh, if that happens. How fantastic would that be? So if we're going to do that... And, and particularly with unchurched people who are a lot less forgiving than Christians I mean, Christians will put up with a lot won't they in church life actually they quite often they'll put up with a squealy sound system or a, or a, a few missing slides or whatever you know, we, we kind of will go with the flow with that we'll, we'll put up with that but unchurched people aren't going to do that. They're going to be a lot less forgiving. So that means that what we are doing, from the the, the, the talk, to the music, to the behind-the-scenes stuff, to the welcome, to the refreshments, to the technical stuff, all needs to be performed at the highest level uh, that we possibly can. And uh, I just thought the last thing I'd do before we break and have uh, some refreshments is I'd just let you in on a little secret, and uh, if you promise not to tell anybody, I'll show you these next two slides, because this is our kind of secret recipe. Okay, so when we're putting a service together, we have a template that we use to put a service together. And uh, we've taken, sc- deliberately stolen this from another church, so we're not claiming any kind of, you know, copyright over this or, or anything. But what we've deliberately tried to do is, when it comes to the service, build a funnel by which we capture people's interest. We engage them and involve them, and then we challenge them, and we let God kind of do the rest from that point. And we've got a deliberate kind of funnel that we use to do that. So our services, and again, I don't know whether you notice this, it's a reasonably subtle change, but our services all, uh, with the possible exception when we've got a special, that they all now operate according to this Funnel. It looks slightly different from the 9.15 to the 11.15, so we're using slightly different styles of material, but they all operate to this funnel, and uh, this is our secret recipe funnel, okay, and so you're not allowed to tell anybody because otherwise everybody will know what our secret recipe is, but our secret recipe that we have been working to for the last year or so uh, is this. We'll talk about, this is a slightly, uh, I'm not quite sure about this phrasing, whether it's good English or not, but the, the pre-service experience. So that's getting people sitting here ready to go and they are so they feel very relaxed and comfortable already, so we're, we're on to a winner. Then we do a welcome, and at this point, what we're trying to do at this point in our secret recipe is we're just trying to engage people. So we're trying to engage as many people as possible in what is about to happen, be they Christian or non-Christian, first-time visitor or person who's been here for years and years and years. We're trying to engage people. So oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes we'll use some kind of opener to do that, to set the scene for what we're going to be doing that doesn't require anything of anybody other than to sit and watch. And what we're trying to do with that is create a common emotion so it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or non-Christian we're all on a level playing field before we start because we've all shared a common emotion so it could be something humorous so we're all laughing so again immediately your unchurched person feels better about being here because they're not excluded because they're sharing the same experience as everybody else's and having the same emotional reactions as everybody else's it might be a song it might be a video it, you know, all sorts of different things it might be a drama something that just sets the scene that is relevant to what we're talking about. I mean, we could just you know, show, show a clip from Michael McIntyre or something if we wanted to create a humour, but it's got to be something that's relevant to what we're doing. But that, that's really all it's there for, to engage people. Then we're going to start trying to involve people. Uh, and that's the point at which we might, be, we might sing some songs, typically. Uh, and that point, we're just trying to say to people, you can get involved in this now. And so we're singing, uh, we Christians, we know we're worshipping God, okay, but we're not going to tell the unchurch people that because that kind of freaks them out a bit. So we know we're worshipping, we're going to tell them we're singing some songs, uh, and that they can join in with that. Then very often unity with the left will have an offering and that kind of stuff going on by that point. Then again, we'll try just before the talk and, and this, singing bit might include some prayers sometimes again different services we might do different things but then before we start the talk again we're just trying to re-engage everybody with the topic of the day so sometimes not all the time but sometimes we'll use a special in there which again could be a song or video or drama or a clip or whatever it might be to try and connect us back into the subject that we're talking about then we'll have the talk Then we create a little bit of time for response, and again we're trying to do that sensitively, but we're trying to give space there for God to do the challenging uh, through the talk and through the response time, and then we'll close in some way, oftentimes by singing uh, a song or two again together. So that's our secret recipe, and again what we're trying to do is bring people down this funnel of engagement and involvement to the point where God smacks him in the face, okay, God does his stuff as we talk about him, as we share him in the sermon, as we respond to what he's been saying, and that's the point we're happy for God to make people feel as uncomfortable as he absolutely wants to make them feel, but that's God's job, uh, not ours, so that's what we're trying to do, we even have a sub funnel of the funnel for our talks, this is our secret, so you're getting it all tonight, this is our secret preaching recipe. And uh, our secret preaching recipe, so instead of the quite standard, and we were all taught when we went to Baptist Training College, method of sermon, which was introduction, three points, conclusion, we have a different funnel, we're not sure that's terribly helpful actually. So what we're doing now is we're using this funnel, which is the Me, We, God, You, We funnel. And uh, our talks now all have this Uh, framework to them. So you start off with some kind of opening illustration, typically about yourself, to make yourself look silly or to uh, draw people's interest. Uh, Then we go into the we section, so then we're saying... Uh, what we're trying to do all the time here is set, is pose the question that God is going to answer from the Bible. So we're trying to pose the question here, have you ever thought about, what about, is this you, etc., etc. So we will then in the week section try and involve as many people as possible in what we're talking about and say to as many different groups of people as possible, this is why you need to hear what God's got to say about this. So, uh, you, I don't know whether you notice this on Sunday, for example, on Easter Sunday. I started with the story of the Rubik's Cube, that's the me. Then I started the story of the weed. Do you ever, I wonder if you ever feel like this. Do you ever have this issue? Have you ever thought, this resurrection of the dead, it doesn't really work. What's all that about? Have you ever wondered about that? Maybe you've been a Christian for years, uh, but you still struggle with these issues. Maybe you're not a Christian and you think all Christians are mad. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. So what you're trying to do now is, as many people as possible, raise the tension, get, Get everybody involved, get everybody on the edge of their seat. This is, the, again, would be the absolute brilliant. You've got people so on the edge of the seat that they're going, they're begging you to tell them what the answer is to whatever it is you're talking about. Well, then you get God in, we use a Bible text, we kind of try and roll people around a little bit in a Bible text, say, so This is why God has the answer to what we've just been talking about, and this is what God has to say. And then we're into the you. This is how this affects you. This is the application for you. This is why this would make your life different if you lived according to this. And then the we is the sort of imagine. It's the vision bit. Imagine if God did this in your life or whatever it might be, how that might be different. So again, we're all the time trying to engage and funnel as many people as possible. So now you know... The secret to how our preachers prepare their sermons and uh, what it is they're trying to do. So on Sunday, I'm preaching on Sunday, so it's okay, you can watch and uh, see how I do on the Me, We, God, You, We funnel. And you can, you're very welcome to critique me afterwards on uh, how we do on the Me, We, God, You, We funnel. But what is interesting is, almost instantly we moved. We moved to this pattern about 18 months ago with our preachers. Almost instantly we moved to it. The number of comments we get from people saying, this was so helpful, this really spoke to me, I was really challenged by, the number of comments we get on that has increased dramatically from the moment we went to this model. And we've noticed it, haven't we, for those of us who are preaching. So uh, I think it's proving to be uh, helpful, uh, and I hope it is. So that is what it is that we're trying to do on a Sunday, And I hope by now what you're seeing is how what you do is so important for delivering this. It's really, really important. And if God is going to change lives, transform people, uh, bring unchurched people to faith, it all starts with how we do all those things that happen before even a service takes place. It's so, so crucial and so, so important. So let's uh, let's spend the rest of our time just talking about some expectations and uh, what we're kind of... If, I don't know whether that's... Does that sound a terrible thing? What we're expecting of you in the roles. I know that can sound a little bit harsh, but I hope you understand the sensitivity or the sentiment with which it comes when I talk about that. Um, but let's talk about some uh, expectations. And I gave you all a, a, a little thing with all uh, the slides on in quite a small way but in terms of what we're about to go through now I've got a bigger copy of these slides for you over on the the chair over there because uh, they I think are are helpful instructions stroke expectations for uh, each of the different teams and it might be helpful for you to have a bigger version so you can refer to it. I also want to let you know that from this evening we, we are already in the process and some of you have been helping us with these of producing guidance notes like this for all the different teams of people, the welcome, the refreshments the chair, the, the clear awayers the uh, technical people we're producing little leaflets like this which have a, a, a lot more detailed instruction about the different things, I mean it really is an awful lot of detail and uh, we don't want you to be nervous about that or think oh my goodness look at all that it really is trying to cover every eventuality, so um, we're trying to do that, so it's not that you have to do 16 different bullet point tasks for, which one's this, Uh, refreshments on a a Sunday, okay, I, I don't want you to be put off by that, so we're working on those and we'll have those available for you within the next few weeks, but here we go, what do we expect, right, this is something that I'm going to be telling the whole church that I think we should expect of each other, Okay, and particularly with this uh, passion for unchurched people and for visitors. So this is not something for us to worry about, except that we are part of the whole church of, of EBC. So I am going to be encouraging our regulars to fill up the car park from the back. Uh, this is obviously for people who are, don't need spaces close to for physical reasons, but I'll, I'll encourage our regulars who drive here to fill the car park up from the back to leave the spaces closest to the church, Easy access for visitors, for first-timers with us. So that's something we have encouraged the whole church to do. In the same way, I'm going to encourage our regulars to fill up the seats in the hall, this place, from the far side first and from the front first, as near to the front as people, I know people get nosebleeds when they start coming in the front row, as near to the front as people can physically get before they start shaking, okay, uh, such that, and to fill up from the middle of the rows, this is a little bit of a bugbear of mine, uh, just at the minute, and it doesn't matter where you are, this always do it, and I was at a, this conference a couple of weeks ago, and the whole room was empty, and I was the first, one of the first people to arrive, and I sat on the end of a row. So I hold my hands up to this, but you know, what we do is we sit on the end of the row first, first but of course that means if you've got a visitor arriving they've got to squeeze past people to get in, and it just instantly makes them feel uncomfortable so what we're going to encourage our church people to do is fill up from this side of the hall first to fill up in the middle of the rows first and fill up from the front first so we leave easy access for people who are visiting us so they can get in and I realize that's a sacrifice for some people who don't like to be in the front all that kind of stuff but it's so so important to create the space for our visitors yes yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't mind if we're filling up from the far sides. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I don't mind that at all. Uh, it's it's if we're still if we've got like a whole I don't want to pick on anybody. We've got a whole row and we've got two people sitting on this end and two people sitting on that yeah. end. That's what we're trying to trying to avoid really. Yeah. You're yes. Yeah. Yeah. Four four, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I don't mind that, as long as yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. So we're just asking for a bit of understanding about that. So that's what I'm going to be saying to the whole church. This is what we'd really like for you to do. This is what then for our the, the particular roles that are pertinent to us here this evening. So. The welcome team. If you're on the welcome team or you've just signed up for the welcome team, this is what you're kind of in for, okay? So you're already doing this already, I know those of you who are serving, but in terms of very simply, arrival times, arriving at 8.30 for the 9.15 service, 10.30 for the 11.15 service, and 9.30 for a joint service at 10.15. So I realise there's quite a lot of things for you to get your head around, so you need to understand which service that you're at. So when you arrive... Go and find the publicity material. Uh, it may already been left out for you by somebody called the VCO who is the venue coordinator who's kind of in charge of the whole venue on a Sunday morning. Most often that is either Eileen uh, or Danny Perchard or me we're, we're typically the the VCOs, it might sometimes be Steph, but we're typically the the VCOs, so if you can't find that publicity material, you can come and find one of us Uh, but if it's not out for you it will be uh, on the table inside, just to the left hand side as you go into the office there so ensure that you have that ready, there'll be like a basket with all the bulletins in it and so on, Uh, smile so uh, when you're welcoming people, that'd be great for you to smile, give a consistent welcome to everybody who arrives, now this is really important because again we don't want first-time visitors or unchurched people to feel they're getting a different welcome to everybody else. So what this means is, and I realise this is a little bit sensitive, no hugging. Okay, so because, again, if somebody is at the bottom of the ramp, I know this is a very practical thing, if somebody's at the bottom of the ramp, they're here for the first time, and they see oodles of cuddles going on in the lobby, because people know each other, then they arrive, they're either going to be really like, oh, please don't touch me, Uh, I don't know you, or they're going to be, well, you you know, you probably won't give them a hug, because they'll be like, oh, I didn't get a hug, So, um, so we want a consistent welcome. So... I don't mind any hugging uh, in any other uh, environment or location. I don't mind if you see your friends when you're in here. I mean, you hug away to your heart's content. But if you're on the welcome team on the door... Then let's not hug people, uh, there. Let's give a consistent welcome. So that might be, for example, a handshake if you think a handshake's appropriate. But let's make it a good handshake. Okay, we don't want limp handshakes. <laughs> that's not, that's not great, a great feeling. Or, I mean, you're gonna be sensitive to this. Uh, so it could be a handshake if you sense that's appropriate. It could just be a hello, you know, we'd love for you to have this and so on. Spot newcomers and ask to help them. Now, I realise in a church our size, and particularly if you're new to the, to the welcome, team, you might not know who's new. Believe me, I don't know who's new. I've been away for a few weeks over study leave. I talked to three people on Sunday who I'd never met before and asked them if they were new, and some of them were, and some of them had been before. So I realise it might not be immediately obvious. You will be able to spot newcomers by how uncomfortable they look, probably. They're probably a bit twitchy when they arrive. You may know, generally, uh, as you do welcome more often, who is new and who isn't. But just ask. Uh, Nobody gets offended. I mean, we think people will get offended... If we ask them if they're new and they've been coming for six months, but actually they don't. And you can make a little joke of it anyway. You know, is this your first time here? No, I've been coming for six months. Oh, goodness, I'm so sorry. Well, you realise the church is so big now, we don't necessarily know who everybody is. So it's very easy. I have to say that all the time, because I'm constantly uh, doing this, putting my foot in it with this. So you really don't need to worry. Ask people, uh, and they really won't feel offended. If they are new... Now, uh, there should be two people, at least two people in every welcome team. Now, that hasn't been the case up to now, but because some of you lovely people have said you're going to join the welcome team, we're now in a place where there will be at least two people on every uh, welcome team. So if somebody is new, if they are newcomers, it would be great if one of you could take them somewhere. If they've got children it would be great if you could take them or offer to take them to where the children's work so you would explain our children's work happens all throughout the service it's, it's, you know, they, they uh, are beginning uh, to welcome children from now it would be great why don't I take you up and introduce you to the people there so take them up take them up with the kids introduce them to whoever is leading that morning if it's a 9.15 it'll be somebody like uh, Claire Lace or uh, Janet West Uh, If it's 11.15, it will be Ruth or Ashley, uh, typically, Ashley Spencer. So you can find somebody in a yellow T-shirt and introduce them and kind of leave them there. If they haven't got children or if once you've done the introductions, you've taken them to other places, it'd be great, obviously, to take them and show them where refreshments is if it's uh, uh, in that slot between the uh, 9.15 service finishing and 11.15 starting. Uh, If they've got teenage uh, uh, children, again, you might need to ask this. Just explain to them about Unity owe our 11 to 15 year olds stay in here uh, start the service in the main hall with us uh, and then they go out partway through with our youth worker, Amy, or you know, whatever it might be. If they haven't got kids, or once you've done all that, it would be great for you to take them to refreshments, for example, or bring them into the main hall and introduce them to somebody. Find somebody who you know is a kind of regular EBC person and just introduce them, and then you can leave them and go back to your duties. Does that make sense? So those people have, have just uh, been incorporated into what's going on. If, um, this is a plea from my wife, Ruth. If they have children who are under two years of age uh, can you highlight to them that there is a box with toy bags in it so our under two stay in the service with us you can explain that but there are toy bags and here is one that your child might like to have for during the service and they're in the box just uh, outside the door there it'd be great if you could explain to people how things work and explain to them that the bulletin lays all this out, so if they want to know more, they can read the bulletin. So this is what you need to know, and again, I've printed this out for you, this is a little bit small, but this is what you need to know if you're on the welcome team. You need to know that under two stay with parents in the main hall uh, on a regular Sunday morning, but we have a creche room with a live feed showing what's going on in here, down in room two, for parents to go to with their children if they want to use that or if their children begin to make a significant amount of noise. But we want to be very welcoming and encourage people to stay in here with their children. On an all-age Sunday, a joint Sunday, where we're all ages together, that room is actually room three. We use room three for that creche room. What else you need to know, twos to elevens. That's uh, people up to the end of school year six. I don't know whether you understand all these school years. I don't really, but it's up to the end of school year six. Uh, they are upstairs in rooms four, five and six for Remix. Uh, but for the last Sunday of the month, when we're all together, they stay in the hall with us. Those who are, year, uh, who are 11 to 15, school years 7 to 11, start the service in the main hall and then go out partway to a special group called Unity for them. The time that they need to leave will be announced from the front during the service. That's for our 11:15 service only. We don't have Unity at a 9-15 service. And on the last, month, uh, last week of the month, we all stay in together. Other stuff you need to know, there is a bulletin to go out, uh, you know, the trifold bulletin, one per family or couple. It includes a fill-out sheet for newcomers that they can fill out if they want to uh, and that they can leave uh, either with somebody who they've seen at the front or on the table in the lobby for people to get in touch with them. So again, for a newcomer, if you're handing that across, it would be brilliant if you just oh, this is a bulletin, just tells you a little bit about us. And if you enjoy it this morning and you want to know a bit more about the church, there's a fill-out card on the back you can fill in and leave on the table in the lobby. The bulletin contains all those explanations about what children and young people do, and then on the last Sunday of the month, there should also be the EBC monthly newsletter for the next month, and then in February, April, January, August, October and December, there should also be on the last Sunday of the month, the Insight magazine. It doesn't always happen, and that, I want to say that is not Matt Bug's fault who produces Insight. That is our fault because we don't always get the publicity and material to him on time. And quite often we don't give it out on the last Sunday of December. Actually, we wait till the first Sunday of January. But again, you'll see it. When you pick up all the leaflets and information, you'll see it's there ready to go out. And they are given out on the same basis as the bulletins are. So that is the publicity that you'll have uh, available to you. So that is the welcome team and that's what we'd like to ask and and say we would expect that people on our welcome team would be doing that kind of thing. Our dream scenario for the future is that that welcome team would have three or four people on it so that we can have somebody inside the hall here. Uh, Again, you could hand people off to if you've been on the door and they could help people find a seat and so on and so forth. But at the moment we don't have enough volunteers for that. Uh, Hopefully one day in the future we will and we can add that to the team. Does that make sense? Our refreshments team, for those of you who are in refreshments. Well, we serve our refreshments, if you don't know by now, in rooms 1 and 2, just down the corridor. For the 9.15 service, we'd like for you to be here at 8.15 to set up urns, mugs, glasses, coffee, tea, food, etc. And as I said, there are these very detailed notes that will explain all of that in a lot more detail. Uh, During the last song of the service... Uh, you need to go out to be ready to receive people who are going to come and get their teas and coffees. How do we know if it's the last song of the service, you may well ask? Well, there are service orders and they're typically left on the top of the uh, table in the lobby and you can check out which is the last song. I know many of you do this already, so you'll know when the last song... Uh, but it, it, it pretty much, if there's, if there's a song after the sermon, okay, it, it, it's pretty much getting towards the last song. We might do two sometimes. Uh, but uh, we're getting towards the last song uh, then you go out during the last song serve refreshments again just really encourage you for cheery and smiley attitudes hello great to see you would you like a coffee you know all of that kind of stuff just goes a hugely long way and then uh, at 11am that's when you would finish if you've been on that first service refreshments team and you're starting to hand over to the next team who are coming to run refreshments for the 11.15 service Then, if you're coming to do refreshments at 11.15, if you could be here at 10.45 to overlap just a little bit with that first team, that would be great. Start helping them with the clear-up and the replenishing, ready for the next service. Same thing again at the end of the 11.15 service, go out in the last song to be ready. Serve refreshments with a cheery and smiley attitude, uh, and then you're clearing up afterwards, putting things away. Uh, And that is uh, the refreshments team. For the 10.15 service, slightly different because breakfast is all going on before then. So uh, 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 the 10.15 service, no point arriving before 9.45 because breakfast is still underway. But if you could be here then at 9.45, helping with the clear up of the breakfast, getting things ready for the 10.15 service, same thing again, going out in the last song, serving refreshments, cheery and smiley, and clearing up afterwards and putting stuff away. So if you're on the refreshments team, that's what we're uh, looking for from people on that team if you're on the sound team the technical uh, team particularly to do with sound I realise that I'm, you know, you, you're not all on all on all of these teams so some of this isn't necessarily relevant but actually I think it's quite helpful that we understand what everybody's doing and so that's why we're going through it in this way Sound people arriving at 8:15 for a 9:15 service, 10:30 for the 11:15, and 9:15 for the 10:15. Okay, so an hour before, I think is what we're saying. Uh, Helping uh, as soon as you arrive, helping the band set up the microphone stand, cables, DI boxes, and so on. Uh, Working with them on that, putting the rechargeable batteries from the radio mics onto charge at the back in the battery recharger. Sound checking with the band from uh, either 8.30 if it's a 9.15 service or uh, 10.30, 10.40-ish for the 11.15 and 9.30 for the 10.15. So sound checking with the band, Uh, sound checking also the PC and the drama mics. And and we're asking and we're challenging the band on this as well to be finished at least 15 minutes before the service starts so that we haven't got that thing as, as people are coming in, we're still rehearsing. So uh, we realise, particularly for the 11:15 service, that is a tight turnaround. Uh, but um, the band are rehearsing every week during the week now, uh, so we should only be topping and tailing on a on a Sunday morning. So we're trying to make sure we're finished at least 15 minutes before the service starts, and then there's a sound check with the the speakers, uh, the people who are doing the talking, with their radio mics then it 's uh, background music playing before and after the service at a volume level that allows for conversation and not loud conversation. so you can put it very loud and people shout at each other that 's not what we 're looking for so a convers- you know, a a, back- a very sort of quietish background level for the background music five minutes before each of these services starts there 's a countdown, so as a sound person you 're fading out the the background music fading up the PC feed because the countdown will be started by the media people on the PC. Uh, we're asking at the moment our sound people just to look after our lights uh, as well until at some point in the future we have lighting people. But uh, we're asking for these stage lights up the top here, the white ones, to be turned off. Uh, after the band have finished their rehearsal uh, and whilst the countdown is on and then in the last 30 seconds of the countdown we're closing the blind for 9.15 to halfway for 11.15 and 10.15 the whole way and then as the countdown finishes the yes, because um, it makes the screens easier to see and it creates a better environment for us with lighting and all that kind of stuff well, because we've got a slightly different congregation at 9.15 who value a little bit more light so we're, we're being sensitive <laughs> we're, we're trying to do a slightly different thing with the two services and we think that's conducive to what it is that we're trying to do is that, is that okay? Have I put that sensitively? <laughs> Good. let <laughs> that. Uh, and then as the countdown finishes, the speaker should be arriving on stage. That's not your responsibility, sound people. The person who's introducing the service should be arriving on stage, unless we are doing something that we, that we tried in vain to do on Sunday morning, which is go straight from the countdown into a kind of launch media. Which didn't really work because everybody was still finding their seats. But typically, the, 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 as that finishes, the speaker will be getting up on the stage. So then, sound people, you're turning on the stage lights for us as that happens and obviously their mic. The reason we wait till the last 30 seconds to close things and do all that kind of stuff is we're trying to say to people shut up. I mean we're trying to do that in a kind of polite way, shut up because the service is about to start and we think maybe changing the ambient light or something like that should give people a clue that we're about to begin. So... That's what we're hoping anyway. Uh, and then just for other things during the service, you'll know if you do sound already, there's a technical, there's an order of service and it has technical notes on it. And we're just asking that you follow along with those technical notes. It will tell you when lights need to go up and down and when um, PC feeds need to be uh, up for uh, medias and those kind of things. Then after the 11.15 service... Uh, we're asking the sound people to help put the band, put all the mic stands, cables, DI boxes away, unless told otherwise. Quite often times, actually, we say to people, just leave it out because we've got another service this afternoon. So, but unless you're told otherwise, if you can help put that away, if you're not sure, then the sorts of people you could ask about the afternoon are Paul, myself, or Don. I should have put Don's name up here because Don's very often leading in the afternoon. Wave, Don, would you please? Here we are. <laughs> He's just here. So if you're not sure, Simon Lace is the other person you could ask. They'll know what's going on in the afternoon and Step would now too. No, it's not to the uh, yes, sorry, that is you're absolutely right. That would also apply to the 10:15, and actually at the 10:15 we don't usually have anything in the afternoon. Um, yeah. But we don't, uh, sound people, you don't, unless you're hanging around to the bitter end uh, when we're locking up, you don't need to worry about switching off the sound desk or the media PC. So you can leave the background music playing, leave the notices playing on the the screens, and the VCO, the person who's locking up, uh, will turn that off. Um, If you're around and they're beginning to lock everything up, then you can help by doing that, but we're not asking you to stay for, for all of that. So, sound people, that's what uh, we're asking and expecting. In terms of the media people, people who are running the PC at the back, same kind of idea but a little bit later, 8.45 for a 9.15 service, 10.45 for an 11.15, 9.45 for a 10.15, uh, just because then uh, it's great because you may, uh, you'll want to familiarize yourself with the material and you'll have a copy printed copy of the slides and the service order and all of that but also it may be that the preacher of the day or the service leader of the day will want to do a briefing with you about slides they're using in the talk or pictures they've got coming up in a quiz or you know whatever it might be so it'd be great uh, PC people if you could be here half an hour before you can take that time to familiarise yourselves with what's going on Uh, checking with the service leader and preacher for instructions, checking the service order, which will again have technical instructions on it, and check the screens are displaying the rolling notices. So again, if if you do media already, you know this. We have two PCs at the back, PC1 and PC2. PC1 runs the service, PC2 runs the notices. And so before the service begins, we want PC2 to be showing up here with these rolling notices on it. And then... Five minutes before the service starts, change the middle screen to PC1 and there are technical instruction sheets at the back about how to do that to PC1 and you're starting the countdown because the countdown is running from uh, the computer that's running the service, PC1. And then in the last 30 seconds of the countdown, the the side screens as the countdown is going on still showing the notices. But in the last 30 seconds, you're switching the two side screens onto PC1 as well. So they're now all showing the final part of the countdown ready for the service to begin. As the service leader arrives on stage at the end of the countdown, you're moving on to the title slide as the countdown finishes, which will be the next slide in the PowerPoint presentation, conducting the rest of the service. And at the end of the service, switching all screens back to PC2. So we've got those rolling notices uh, displayed on the screen as well. And again, you can just leave the computers. You don't need to uh, worry about that. We'll switch those off as VCO people. So finally, the uh, clear-up people, lovely people who uh, oftentimes are staying really right to the bitter end of uh, of a Sunday, and we're usually quite often into Sunday afternoon. Well, we are into Sunday afternoon by this point. Uh, This is what we're doing with clear-up, happening obviously after the 11.15 and 10.15 services. Uh, What we're asking here is it'd be great if we can wait until most people have cleared the hall and then uh, stack the chairs in stacks of five. The way you want to stack the chairs is down this side here you can see. The way you don't want to stack the chairs is like this here and we have a pile specially shown of how not to stack the chairs. So if you're unsure about that... Uh, Steve would be happy to give you a demonstration, <laughs> or Neil of uh, good, or Michael of good chair stacking. Sta- can't even say it. <laughs> chair stacking etiquette. Okay, uh, but it would be great if if uh, we're not rushing instantly the service finishes to start stacking the chairs because then people might feel that they're they're not very welcome. <laughs> Yes, well, that's right, we we, we will encourage people to have a cup of coffee, because I do realise that that you guys, particularly, you are staying right to the end, and and I know that people want to get away. But uh, if we can just wait a little bit until uh, most people have cleared the hall, that would be great. On the first and third Sundays of the month, uh, we have songs of praise back in here so uh, I don't know, you guys know how you do that You're setting up for songs of praise bringing the tables in and so on detailed instructions we've got for that that have been worked on in this this kind of sheet then it's clearing up the tables in 1 and 2, rooms 1 and 2 where the refreshments have been done uh, helping put away the refreshments boxes uh, as the refreshments people finish in the room 3 cupboard and we realise that this means very typically you won't be finished until about 1.15 uh, that day and, and uh, if there was stuff we could do about that, we would, but that is uh, just part of that role uh, is, is needing to hang around to finish off at that point and realise that's uh, quite a job that you're doing and we really appreciate that. So that's the, the clear-up team. That's, that's in fact now all of the teams and as I said, there'll, there are more detailed instructions in, in these leaflets that we'll have coming out and also we'll give you one of these to take away tonight which has all of that information in it. Just the final thing I want to say is this, we've uh, worked, again I told you that I've been talking to our staff team about uh, a standard of performance, what it means, what we expect of ourselves as staff members at, at EBC and these are just a couple of slides I talked to them about, actually which I thought were very pertinent for this evening. We need to remember what it is that we're doing. Uh, because when we're stacking chairs or setting up coffee cups or preparing to welcome people on the door or running a sound or a media, whatever, you know, it can feel like a chore, it can feel like it sometimes, oh, this is the last thing I want to do, get up and go to that place and have to do all that again. But, you know, together, as teams of people, we're in the business of life and eternal life transformation. And we may just have somebody who arrives here for the first time and they're giving God one final go. And they're not Christians, and they just think, well, I'm just going to give God one more try. And we could have one opportunity. And so we need to remember what we're doing, that we're in the business of life and eternal life transformation. It's a priority for us to reach lost people with the best news ever. And we're in the people business. And so what we do, and how we do it, and the attitude with which we do it, and the excellence with which we do it, is so important. Uh, in terms of capturing and keeping and, and, and reaching people for God. And for whatever reason, and we'll ask God about it one day, he's chosen us to be his agents on earth. And uh, he could have chosen a lot better way of doing it, I'm certain of it. But he's chosen us, and so we need to do the best we can. And also we're following in the footsteps of Jesus, who said that He would, we could do more than he ever could. So what we're doing you know, is, is following in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus. But we are potentially going to be involved in doing even more than he ever did, which is quite something when you think about it. And so it really is, it's vital to the work of God here at EBC that regardless of our sp- specific job or role, whatever it is that we're doing, that we do it to the highest possible level. And that encompasses both the way we do it and the attitude with which he, we do it. And, uh, you know, we are kind of salespeople for... 3BC when we're serving and actually we're salespeople for EBC when we're not serving as well. And just because you, you, our names might not be on a rotor for a particular day doesn't mean we can't give people a great welcome. It doesn't mean we can't step in and help out when we're, we're able to. It doesn't mean if you're not on the chair stacking rotor you, and you, but you found yourself still here at uh, ten past one, you couldn't help with stacking chairs. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't make sure there's space for, for unchurched people to sit. So, in fact, we're on duty all of the time. We're never off duty, actually. Uh, but um, uh, whatever we're doing, we're doing it to the highest possible level and we remember who it is that we're doing it for. And so we're after excellence, uh, and which doesn't mean perfectionism. Excellence means giving our absolute best. Uh, to what it is that we're doing but we can also help with that actually by checking we can ask people you know how am i doing on that is that going okay have i done that right or whatever and we can also do it by looking for continual improvement so we're very keen that that if you've got ideas and thoughts about how this could be done better or how this might work better that that we seek to do that and and if you're uh, doing a role that requires some expertise there actually is no reason why you can't grow in that. You can't um, look and, and, and talk to Paul or somebody about the sound or the media or whatever and learn and, and, uh, and get better at, at what it is that we're doing. We're also, we realise, actually now... There's very little we can do as a church that will take us like a massive leap forward in terms of the quality of what we're doing. We've addressed so many things over the last few years and actually things are of a really good standard that if we're to get better at them, it's going to be marginal gains rather than huge things we can suddenly do to take us giant leaps forward. So I really want to encourage you to to look for continual improvements in, in what you're doing and how you're doing it and how we might do it as a church. So if you spot those things, let us know. Do seek feedback as well. I mean, ask people, you know, how how did I do on that this morning? Um, It's much easier to to grow and develop if we're asking for feedback rather than waiting for somebody to give it to us. And finally, let's adopt a positive and enthusiastic attitude. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's biblical, actually. Somebody will tell me where that comes from. But whatever you do, Paul says it, doesn't it? Whatever you do, do it as if for the Lord. Uh, and uh, that is a positive and enthusiastic way to go <sighs> right <laughs> any questions uh, about that yes there you <laughs> yeah. You are you are very very welcome to give us encouraging feedback about our preaching. But no, on, a, on a serious note, actually, it's one of the things we're talking quite a lot about is how how we get feedback and review of our preaching to get it better because we're, we're all committed to getting better at it. So um, uh, if you have ideas and thoughts and um, we're really very, very open to hearing about about those. Particularly, I mean, we've trained the staff on this, about how to give feedback, uh, because actually uh, there's, something, there's a serious point about giving feedback, isn't there? And actually, if you're an encouraging person, uh, then when you perhaps have got something to, you know, that was, really wasn't so helpful for this morning, or do you realise that wouldn't have been so helpful for an unchurched person, it's much easier to receive that from people who are, are positive towards you. That if, you're, if, if you're a person who every week, uh, we don't have too many of these in our church now, which is just brilliant, we used to, uh, we used to have one or two, and those who preach will know who I'm, who I'm talking about, they're no longer with us, uh, uh, who used to every week they would give you a critique of your sermon within five minutes of finishing it and uh, tell you what wasn't good about it or what you could have said differently. Well, that's not so easy to take after a while. In fact, you just tend to ignore those people, really. But if you're generally a positive and then you've got, seriously got something, then please come and tell us because we're really up for that, aren't we? Yeah. But probably not five minutes after we've finished. <laughs> <Straight on>. Yeah, <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Like maybe get yes. Research. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, about to uh, undertake a review of of uh, what we're calling our guest experience, mm-hmm. uh, which would include exactly that thing. And again, people permitting, volunteers permitting, we would love to have one or two people in the car park e- every week, actually, because the welcome starts in the car park, uh, and uh, you know it would be great to have people out there. Uh, just, oh, well, yep, there's a space here. I mean, you know, oftentimes it's very obvious where there's a space. But even if you've got somebody just, says, oh, it's great to see you. Yes, there's a wellness space here. Oh, you know, lovely to have you. That, that would be great. So it, it's just volunteer-dependent, really. I, think I mentioned to you the other day about maybe as well, like it's raining, it, it's Yes, see, we would love to do all that. How cool would that be if, if you've got people with umbrellas on rainy days coming out and meeting people in their cars and bringing them in? How good an experience would that be? So, yeah, yes, is the, the answer to that is yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, just bring bring them on. And uh, I've been to a, I've been to a church once where they they met you with with um, sweets in the car park. I mean, how cool was that? Great, so good to see you here. Have one of these. I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> so uh, all is possible. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I went a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 We were to, you know we were talking about that today in a different context. Yes. And we will make that happen. Definitely. yep, Yep. Yeah. We did think about making you all wear bright red T shirts, but we weren't sure how well that would go down. So we'll go with name badges initially. <laughs> but no, it would be really helpful to have a name badge, yes. Yep. Um, sorry, another question. Yep. Sorry, I keep thinking of um, with the insights, you said about when yep. you out at
1: like, when
0: you want to come out. Yeah. 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 Well, we we certainly I think we could certainly offer them for the first two or three weeks they've come out. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really helpful and then we can point people in the direction of them because they sit on the table in the in the lobby. So I certainly think uh, that's something we could do for the first two or three weeks that they come out and as you say people will say oh, no I I've got one thank you uh, on the web. Yes, and it is on the website that people can download. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, if you, again, if you, yes, if you spot somebody new and you welcome a newcomer, please, 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 you know, tell them, there's that red, you know, the red, what we're doing this year book thing that that's there as well, absolutely take advantage of that and give them any, and every leaflet you can, yes, but they don't weigh them down, yeah, yeah, brilliant, yeah. Look, we won't sing because we're running a little bit over uh, time. But th- all I wanted to say in conclusion was, again, thank you so much for all you're doing. If you're new... Uh, I really hope we haven't put you off uh, tonight, in fact I hope the opposite, we've kind of inspired you with the significance of what it is that you're uh, doing, we're really grateful that you've kind of uh, joined the team and uh, when new rotors come out I think you'll be, you'll be rotated on them if you haven't been uh, already and so we really appreciate that. If you've been doing it for ages and I know many of you have, thank you so much for all that you, you, you're doing and all the hard work you put in, please know uh, that it is hugely appreciated uh, by us uh, but I know also by God and you know these things just could not happen, people's lives could not be touched and impacted if they didn't have chairs to sit on, sound systems to listen to bulletins on the way in, a cup of coffee to relax, them. it, it just could not happen uh, and we're so so grateful to you for all that you're doing I'm going to pray and, uh, and then we'll go home God, thank you so much for our time together this evening and I just thank you for everybody in this room and for one or two others who we know couldn't be with us uh, tonight because they're away and, and things. Uh, but I just thank you for all those people who serve in these different ways. We thank you too for people who are serving in other ways, on children's work teams and youth teams and in the band and leading services, all that kind of stuff. Lord, we're so grateful that you've given us so many fantastic and amazing and gifted and talented and willing volunteers. Uh, Lord, we just long for unchurched people to get uh, a fantastic experience and to encounter you when they come for people who have been coming for a while to just uh, really look forward to being here on a Sunday uh, for all that that will happen Lord we we, uh, desire to move from good to great to excellent not because uh, it's something we want but it's something that we believe brings glory to you and brings others into your kingdom so use us we pray Lord God inspire us and excite us uh by what you're going to do and do already do through us and uh lord god we just pray for this coming sunday and all of us who are going to be involved then just for another great experience and a great encounter with you we ask it in jesus name amen